0: Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Hello, Miss Kapow.
1: Hello, Brother Kapow. Today's date is February twentieth, twenty seventeen.
0: Man, I'm excited. I am so excited. Do you do you know why? Why? Well, we have a new paperback. That's right. A new paperback book, Miss Kapow. That's right. Now, back in twenty fourteen, we wrote a book. Now, just just like twenty four June of twenty fourteen. Less than two years ago.
1: Yeah, on the 18th of June.
0: Yes. We wrote a book called Christianity of Blasphemy, A Gnostic Lie. We're going to talk about that today, but we wrote this book, and when we wrote it, we honestly thought, I mean, we honestly thought a lot of people would read it because it was prophetic in the sense that, the church was so apostate, but had not reached the depth of apostasy that we reveal in the book.
2: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, deep. We're, we're going to talk about that today. So don't get all, don't get your hair all in a knot. We're going to get to that. But I'm talking to the listeners because they're all excited. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not talking to you, Ms. Kapow.
1: Oh, I know that. <sighs> but
0: we, we released it. In an in an ebook form, a digital ebook, so that limits the audience. That limits who reads it, you know, because some people just don't like ebooks, or they yes. don't like the Kindle reader. They don't,
1: you know, yeah, they don't have one. Yeah, they don't
0: have one. They just, I don't know, they just like a physical book. So it it was limited. Well, I mean, just recently, new technology has come out that. We were able to transfer that ebook and reformat it into a paperback. Uh-huh. Now, normally it's just the opposite. Normally, you write like a paperback book and then you format it for for an ebook. They're two different things. They're two different animals. They look totally different. They behave differently. And so, when you're working on ebooks, which is a lot of what I do. It's a whole different ball game and formatting. So to go the other way is just marvelous. So when this new technology came out, we were able to make it a paperback. So it's released. It's available on Amazon.com. Just type in Christianity of Blasphemy or type in our name. You know, type in Paul or Linda Villanueva. Call it really is
1: great, though you know, we can do, we have done this.
0: It is. It's a great book. So you can get it. It's only, um, seven ninety nine. Are you out of your mind? Seven 99. Uh-huh. Yeah. We can't give it away free because there's printing costs associated with it. When you order the book, they print it. It costs money. So there's a certain l- limit. Uh, so we have to, you have to charge for it. Otherwise I just give it away, but it's a great book. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today, again, because it needs to be revisited. It really does because we are at the time now where we're seeing the prophetic abomination that we spoke about almost two years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's here. It's yeah. not like in the future anymore. It's here. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing, Miss Kapow. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So let's. Um, I want to read you something. I think you're gonna dig this. You're gonna dig this. Somebody's calling me.
1: Who be calling?
0: I don't you know, know. But I can. I can hear the. I can hear the little uh, thing. Uh, I can hear it. The little marimba thing working. Okay. So here we go. Now this is. This is going to blow your mind, uh, everybody. This is kind of cool. So, this is not a trick question. I want to read something to you first, as it goes, with what we're going to talk about. Yes. Okay. I want to read you a prayer. You know, everybody know who Nebuchadnezzar was? Yes. King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. The Lord used him to uh, destroy the temple, destroy uh, Judea, take captive Israel as punishment for their disobedience. They spent Mm -hmm. 70 years in Babylon before they came back. It's all in the book of Daniel, the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the the minor prophets. It's all about this Babylonian captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Mm -hmm. So King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, archaeologist, all right, archaeologist. This is from a a book written by George A. Barton, Archaeology in the Bible, written in
2: 1916.
0: Mm. He talks about this inscription that Nebuchadnezzar wrote, that they that they uncovered. And in this inscription, it's a prayer. And here's what Nebuchadnezzar prayed. Now you've got to remember this is thousands and thousands of years ago. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is probably about 570 BC or something when this was prayed. He says. O oh, Lord of the gods, my divine creator, may my deeds find favor before thee. Thou art indeed my deliverer and my help. By thy faithful word, which does not change, may my weapons advance, be sharp, and be stronger than the weapons of the foe. Also, Nebuchadnezzar had composed a hymn included in this same inscription. And it says this, I am the prince who obeys thee, the creation of thy hand. Thou art my creator. Wow. And the sovereignty over the host of men thou hast entrusted to me. According to thy mercy, O Lord, which thou hast extended over all of them, incline unto thine exalted power and set the fear of thy Godhead in my heart. Grant that which may seem good unto thee. And that was written on a cuneiform cuneiform inscription Mm. in Western Asia. All right? Now, as I read that, Ms. Kapow, as I read that, um, would you say that? That was a pretty good prayer, right? I like it. Right. You like it, right? Now, now look at the attributes that he, Nebuchadnezzar, attributes to God, right, mm-hmm. in his prayer. Here's the attributes. He says, uh, number one, he says, Lord of the gods. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the almighty God, Yahweh, the one we serve, is he Lord of the gods?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes or no questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nebuchadnezzar also calls him my divine creator. Is Yahweh our divine creator? Yep. He says uh, he calls him my deliverer and my help. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also says thy faithful word, which does not change.
1: No, oh, definitely. That's
0: Yahweh, right? Um, he goes on and on this hymn that he had composed, he says, thou art my creator once again, according to thy mercy is Yahweh merciful. Definitely. And he says, uh, the fear of thy Godhead is in his heart. Mm. Right. And, And so it's beautiful, right? Yeah. So you would, you would read this and say, well, Nebuchadnezzar King Nebuchadnezzar way back, you know, way back when, and we know that he went through some stuff, right? We know that he went seven years, um, You know, uh, had seven years of insanity, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, roaming around like beast of the field and and, until he looked up and and realized that God was truly God and all this stuff. So you read this prayer and you go, wow, that was, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so if you heard somebody talk like that, you would say, um, hey, you know, he's one of us. He's a a believer.
2: Right.
0: Okay. Well, here's the kicker, folks. Here's the kicker. The prayer is not to Yahweh. Mm. All this stuff that was on the inscription, I just read you, all the attributes, what I left out, what I failed to tell you, is that it's a prayer to his God, little G God, Marduk.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And what I left out is the beginning. He says, oh, Marduk, Lord of the gods, my mm. divine creator. And he goes on, he says, oh, Marduk, by thy faithful word, which does not change. Oh, yeah. Wow. And when he sings the hymn, he says, it's a petition to Marduk. And he says, I obey you. You're my creator. You know, blah, blah, blah. So the point, yes, yes. The point I want to make on this is that just because it sounds, just because it sounds like it might be biblical or that it might be Christian, or that it might be referring to God, just because it sounds that way, Mm -hmm. and just because someone attributes to their little G-God the same attributes of Yahweh, does not make it so. Wow. That's the Christianity of blasphemy. What I'm trying to say is that, Nebuchadnezzar, back in 570 BC, probably that's around where he wrote that, wrote with the attributes of the Almighty God Yahweh to his demon god Marduk. It's a Babylonian religion. It's been going on for thousands of years, and it's still going on today. Wow. It's just that
1: that something
0: isn't it amazing. So it's just that our eyes become aware, they become open, and the Holy Spirit begins to show you these things, and then you begin to discern them, whereas in the past you couldn't, okay? Mm. So as we talk about our book, Christianity Blasphemy, that's why I opened up with that, to show you that this is nothing new. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This is nothing new under the sun,
1: yeah, this, this is not secret knowledge we're sharing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. This is not Gnostic Gnosis that we received. That's extra biblical knowledge. This is what's been going on under the sun, under this horizontal plane for centuries, for thousands of years even. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Christianity of bless. Femi, you have anything to add, Ms. Kapow, on that? No. I thought you would like that. I, you know, I didn't share that with Ms. Kapow before. I shared it with everybody because I wanted to get her reaction too on that. Um, because it's a beautiful prayer. It is. <laughs> but it's not to our Yahweh, but He gives all the attributes of Yahweh to His uh, little demon God. Wow. That's why, folks, that's why He got whacked and He went crazy for seven years until. He looked up and he acknowledged the sovereignty of the true God Yahweh amen yeah because he he was quite the arrogant uh, quite the arrogant guy yeah. he was the head of gold by the way so um you know God had placed him there and God didn't removed him God didn't and didn't put him back so even today when you're looking at Trump or even when you had uh, when we had Obama um, you know uh, as the last president and Putin and 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 not Yahoo God places who he will on the thrones. He yeah, removes a right. place. So always remember God's in control of that. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't in control. All right. So, well, Ms. Kapow, are you, are we ready now to talk about, um, uh, Christianity blasphemy? Yeah. Okay. Now let me tell you, let me tell you first briefly, uh, in to- 2014, what happened just real briefly. I was, uh, doing some prayer time with the Lord and, Sometimes just weird things happen, you know, Just things, weird things happen to me. And so when I tell you this story, it's not like something, oh, this happens every day or that, you know, wow, you know, I'm super spiritual or anything, because absolutely not. This was something that it it was just so so that this book could be written. That's all. And um, so I'm reading at the time of, um, you know, being alone with the Lord and stuff. I was reading Genesis 3, and as I was reading Genesis 3, it's like a voice came into my head. It wasn't a literal voice. It was just in my head. It was like a thought, but it was a voice. But this thought was from Satan. Okay? Whether it really was or not, I don't know. But what it did is it caused me to think. Right. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not trying to say, "Woo, you know, look at this. But this voice came to my head. It was like Satan, and he says, "He says, Paul, let me let's reason together. Let's talk. You know, let's be reasonable here. Let's talk together." Mm-hmm. And so basically, what he did is he offered me a a book deal. And he goes, "Look, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this information, and uh, if you take this information uh, based with your you know based on your experience and stuff, and um, write a book for me, you know, for Satan, I will make sure it's very successful, and and you know." it'll put you on the map and this will be a big book if you'll do this. And it wasn't the first time this has happened to me. I've I've gotten offers before like this from Satan. And then when I refused and rebuked it, uh, I can't remember what the offer was. Mm-hmm. But this case, I remembered what the offer was. And so, no, I did not write that in this book. I wrote the book against the offer, not the book of the off, off, off uh, offer. And I actually left a lot of things out that were like given to me, downloaded you know from the satanic realm right. on this because it's my my point was to show um, where Satan was taking the apostate church in the near future, and he's already he's already taken them there, so anyway, I begin to have this kind of conversation and begin to ask questions to this voice in my head that was masquerading as as Satan, and um, talking about Genesis 3 and about Gnosticism and how, you know, that the serpent lie that you'll gain wisdom and your eyes will be opened and surely you will not die, that the serpent lie, they can never circumvent that original lie of never dying, of death. So no matter what they do, they're locked into that one scripture, that that one account. Even the Gnostics and the occultists and the Satanists, as we will read later, are locked into that. They can't get around it. So, you know, there was like this seesaw back and forth, back and forth. But anyway, I learned a lot from it. And as I began to question this voice in my head, and then it got smaller and smaller and finally went away. And then that's how this book, Christianity of Blasphemy, came about. Now, I had at least one person, one reviewer, accuse me of being Gnostic myself because I got the, I got the knowledge from you know, something else. But he didn't get it. He didn't understand that it's not Gnosticism. It's not secret knowledge. It's not knowledge that's extra biblical. It's biblical knowledge. It's always been here. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just that it was pointed out to me what... Or how Satan is would going to replace Jesus Christ of Nazareth in, in the church, in the Christian church, with the serpent slash Cheezits. Right. C H E E Z I T Z, Cheezits. And that's when we coined that frame, Cheezits, to refer to the false Christ. That many in a modern day church, and when I say church, I mean church buildings, church organizations.
2: Yeah. You know, or like not the
1: body of
0: Christ. Not the body of Christ that we will call the Ecclesia, the called out ones, yes, not the bride of Christ, but the, the organizations, the church buildings. Every place, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, of the Bible with a Jesus. It sounds like Jesus, looks like Jesus, but it's it's not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay?
1: Yep.
0: Um, would you? Do you have that introduction in front of you, just about? Uh,
1: Yeah, page sixty-five. I mean uh, six. I mean, I'm sorry. Page
0: six, and I think it goes on to seven a little bit. Yeah, I do. The introduction there. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, but before you read it, I just want to say that our brother Marcos, brother Marcos, wrote the foreword to this book.
1: It was excellent. It's an
0: excellent. He's a great writer. In fact, he should have yeah, wrote he this is. book. So um, he writes better English than. I do. Uh, Really. Uh, So he wrote the foreword on this, and we're very very proud of that. Mm -hmm. So would you go ahead and give the introduction? Sure.
1: It says, Christianity of blasphemy exposes a false Christianity with its pseudo-Christ Jesus masquerading as a godly religion. We take the reader back to the Garden of Eden, where the first Gnostic lie was told to humankind. It says, you will not die, but your eyes will be opened to wisdom and become as gods. Tracing this original gnosticism to the modern church, we expose the real agenda behind the serpent's lie, to get humanity to worship a false Christ, a Cheez-Its, rather than Jesus. And this is what is occurring today throughout Christendom. A false Christ has replaced the original savior. This book goes beyond telling you what is wrong with the church today's church and explains why and how it became so apostatized so quickly with a serpent God being worshipped over the God of the Bible. This book is a dire and urgent warning for every biblical Christian and Yahweh fearer still standing. This is a revelation of a cancerous spiritual deception so subtle, ingrained, and invisible, causing many good brothers and sisters to turn to Satan one by one. The current apostasy is paving the way for many to easily receive that horrible death mark from the beast as it comes to fruition in a false Christianity. Because it has rejected the whole truth of Scripture, today's post-biblical church has turned to an ancient form of Gnosticism. However, the worst is yet to come, as this ancient Gnosis takes on a new twist from the doctrines of Satan. This new doctrine will merge the Gnostic serpent of enlightenment and experience with a false Jesus already being worshipped. Unfortunately, many Christian churches, ministries, and universities have already replaced the true son of Yahweh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Savior, with a false god, just like ancient Israel replaced Yahweh with a golden calf. Many in the modern church believe they are worshiping Yahweh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when in fact they have replaced him with a pseudo-god or antichrist. Now, in a short time, Many will align with the Gnostic good God serpent of the Garden of Eden, boldly declaring that he and their false cheez are the same deity. It is coming, and it is already here, and this will be the Gnostic Christianity of blasphemy.
0: And that's, that's the introduction. So I'm going to tell you, when you get this book, and hopefully you'll get it, when you get this book, what was shown... Uh, to to me and to Linda as I shared it with her. So it's both of us, even though I got the, the original, you know, talking to, as we discussed this and went over it together, this is what was revealed to us, that there's an ancient Gnosticism, and we're going to talk about that. There's an ancient Gnosticism, and Gnosticism, the Gnostic lie, originated in the garden in Genesis 3 uh, when the serpent said to Eve, has God said... Not to uh, eat of uh, the trees of the, of the field. Or mm-hmm. And she says, uh, well, you know, we can eat of the trees, but not this one. And, you know, at least We're we got are not supposed to touch it. Yeah. And, and Satan, is, this is the lie. He says, surely you will not die. Certainly you won't die. That's the lie that he's locked into for eternity. Yep. And then he says, because uh, God knows, Yahweh knows, that if you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll get wisdom. And uh, you'll become like us. You'll become God. So that's, that's the lie. So, the second part is what they've been trying to do for uh you know thousands and thousands of years. They're still doing it today with uh transhumanism uh uploading your your brain into a computer becoming a robot you know you name it all this stuff um disease control uh calling aging a disease you know everything eternal yeah. live forever unfortunately, one hundred percent of the humans die one hundred percent there's there's no humans alive today that have not died <laughs> in their due, due season. That's right. You know, you get 70, 80, and if you're lucky, uh, you know, maybe high 80s. But that's it. They're gone. You know, humans die. So they're locked. When I say they, I mean the serpent, the serpent and his seed, they're locked into that lie, that original Gnostic line.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so Gnosticism uh, goes on and takes on different forms of different lies, but that's the original why you know it's the secret knowledge but uh, it causes death well what we'll learn later on through Madame Blavatsky mm-hmm. uh, her writings and is that it, there's they look at Satan and also uh, the ancient alien stuff the ancient alien theory mm-hmm. you see on the history mm-hmm. channel and stuff they do the same thing they look at it they look at this Gnosticism the same way they look at the serpent in the garden as the good God. Right. He's the good one because he gave, uh, enlightenment and wisdom and taught men things and blah, blah, blah. This, they go on and gone. All this stuff. Uh, they never talk about the death, by the way. Never.
1: Yeah, um, and they're still trying to circumvent that.
0: Yes. Constantly. Now they're trying to do it through technology. Uh, Elon Musk is trying to, you know, go to Mars and live forever. And
1: mm-hmm. that's why they're trying so hard to create human life. They want to control human life and, and uh death
0: yes, and, and with their genetic manipulation
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know creating designer babies, designer people
1: which is a form of witchcraft
0: mm-hmm. uh, also merging um humans with machines mm-hmm. transhumanism in general is is based out of that gnostic lie you shall not die you can see it you'll you'll be able to recognize it throughout you know uh, pop culture
2: mm-hmm.
0: everywhere. So the they they you know they believe that the serpent is the good god, given enlightenment blah blah blah, and at least Madame Blavatsky, at least she addressed the death issue. Most of them will not. She addressed it incorrectly,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it's false, and it's really silly. And we're going to read that, but at least she at least addressed it.
2: Right.
0: So when they make the serpent. Satan, when they make the serpent in the garden the good God, they make Yahweh the bad god mm-hmm. however, however, as a Christian or a pseudo Christian that goes to these uh, buildings there 's one kid on um youtube i like he calls them uh, Babylon buildings mm. I, I like that term yeah. Babylon buildings, so these Christians that go to Babylon buildings. And they're hearing a false gospel, and they're already worshiping a false Christ. Many of them are worshiping a false Jesus already, so they're ripe for further deception. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're already worshiping a false Jesus. Um, A lot of them have replaced Jesus Christ of Nazareth and Yahweh with a different God. Yeah. Yeah, they actually do have other gods before him. Mm -hmm. So this this thing that was shown me where Satan is going to take this, where he has taken it, is that not only is the serpent replaced as the good God, but also the serpent slash Jesus replaces Yahweh slash Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And how, how that's done, see, is you've got to get past they have to get past that death issue. It's the the apostate church, the apostate Babylon building church has already replaced Jesus Christ of Nazareth with a cheez its and they're already worshiping a false gospel and a false Christ. However, with all this gnosis and wisdom and open eyes that they have, that's why they accept, you know, homosexual pastors and lesbians and leadership and you know
1: yeah, and that's because their definition of love is all inclusive.
0: Yeah, they they can they can manipulate all of that through their open eyes, the gnosis, the wisdom that the serpent gave them. Right. But now you have this eternal life issue. You have this you have this Jesus Christ of Nazareth who died so you can have eternal life. So if they accept one aspect of the gnosis of the serpent about the wisdom well, now they have that, thou shalt not surely die. Now, how, how do we deal with that? Because all humans die,
2: mm-hmm.
0: both physically and spiritually. Except Jesus Christ of Nazareth came so that we would have eternal life. So spiritually, we don't die, only in Christ. So how do they get around that? Well, they serve the false Christ. They they serve a Cheez-It, so they get around that way. But it's going to get a lot more sinister. Mm-hmm. And how it's going to get more sinister is by equating... The serpent of of the garden as the good God, not only just against Yahweh, but actually making him Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. Throughout biblical history, he's the cheezits that Yahweh, the bad God, has fought against. And so, when Jesus finally comes to fruition in his ministry of love and all that stuff, I do say the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but the cheezits. And the Jesus dies, then they've circumvented the death part, thou shalt surely die, physically and spiritually, eternal damnation, because now they're receiving salvation through their false savior, Jesus. Right. Just like Nebuchadnezzar wrote those prayers of adoration and worship to the false god, Martuk. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope I'm making sense here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's introduce the people to Cheez Its, Miss Kapow. And uh I think Cheez Its is gonna be on page twelve okay. through fifteen. Okay. Uh and this is chapter two called Delusion of Illusion from our book Christianity of Blasphemy, now available on paperback. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, so chapter two delusion of uh, illusion. I don't know, I might cut you off That's and not funny. have you read, you know, the whole thing, but yeah, I try to go from 12 to 15, and I think we're going to introduce people to Cheez-Its if they're not familiar who, who Cheez-Its is.
1: All right. All right. Here we go. As the postmodern neo-pagan church marches forcible towards the great apostasy, completely unaware of their leaving their first estate with Yahweh, their creator God, they have and will continue to accept the Antichrist's birthmark in their thinking and actions. Too many believe the beast from the book of Revelation will suddenly appear on the global scene demanding all Christians to either accept his mark or die. Some Christians envision themselves being martyred for Jesus Christ of Nazareth at this time, then enjoying eternal bliss afterward. However, they fail to realize they have currently separated themselves from the word of God and from obedience to his mandates. They are living out a pseudo New Testament Christianity only, without the benefit of actually knowing Jesus Christ of Nazareth as Yahweh made flesh. They reject the Yahweh of the Old Testament while embracing a New Age Savior that we have termed cheez So, the Antichrist spirit is and has been among us for a long time. This New Age Savior, cheez is a false Christ, a pseudo-Christ, and so is against the true Christ and is an Antichrist. The cultural Christianity of today has embraced so much New Age paganism that they have, in fact, already accepted the mark of their savior beast without ever realizing they are lost and backslidden, a slave to the culture and world system that surrounds them. This is the great falling away, the great apostasy. This is the strong delusion that Yahweh has sent on those who reject him and the word. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Pagan Christians worship another christ, a cheesets of entertainment, experience, presence, intellect, reason, false love and demonic spiritual manifestations. When they call these things good, they have left their first estate and are bound for hell with satan and his angels. What part of get out of babylon do they do not understand? There are too many false teachings and doctrines to cover. But we know that they are coming, becoming worse and extreme in their Yahweh-hating speech. The organized business model church is becoming more tolerant of sin, disobedience, culture, and everything anti-biblical. Look at the condition of Christianity. Major Christian denominations, ministries, producers, and publishers are accepting and endorsing unnatural sexual perversion and many Christian artists, musicians, and authors have found peace with a wide range of sexual perversion. Just a few years ago, Christians would have fled these denominations, but now they debate, tolerate, and receive the mark of their Antichrist in their bodies, souls, and spirits, damning themselves eternally. This is the delusion of illusion. Those post-scriptural Christians do not realize that they are enemies of the very God they profess to serve. And because they have rejected his truth, it is he who sends a strong delusion on them. They continue to worship Baal, thinking they are worshiping, worshiping the Almighty God. However, it will get worse. It must get worse in order for the deception to be so good that even the elect could fall for it if it were all possible.
0: And see right here, that sets up what I was just telling you about. Cheezits being one and the same, equal with the serpent. Mm-hmm. So it's the serpent slash Cheezits replacing Yahweh slash Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's not like some weird pagan religion coming and that doesn't look Christian. It's just like the prayer of Nebuchadnezzar. It looks very uh, much like something from the Bible or something from God, but they're worshiping another god. And so it's going to replace Yahweh and Jesus Christ slash Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the serpent slash Jesus. So the Jesus would be the one that would die for your salvation. And that's how they're going to get around the the eternal life issue. Um, I want to I want to stop here for a commercial break briefly, but I want to say that um, this book, Christianity of blasphemy, like I said, it didn't fly off the um, e-book bookshelves like we were hoping it would. We even gave it away for free when it first came out. Uh, Probably for the first year, we gave it away free because we just wanted people to read it because it was important. Uh, But for some reason, maybe it was not its time. I don't know. It just it just didn't. uh, Not that many people looked at it. But I want to say that we do have one person in Slovenia. (laughs) Mary, Mary, that reads this book all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that true, Ms. Cabell? Yes. And she refers to it and quotes it and reads it all the time. And she's looking at it and then looking around her and watching it come to fruition.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, we have one person in Slovenia who who gets it. Thank and I, you. And I'm, thinking, <laughs> and I'm hoping more people will. Uh, the other thing I want to make clear is that this is different from our book, Eyes to See Unseen the Enemies, which talks about the uh, pagan church and paganism in the church. That book talks more about and reveals um, what's wrong with the church. This book, Christianity of blasphemy, talks about how it happened and what's going to happen prophetically. uh, And of course, in my opinion, already has. And it goes into a much more detailed, deeper deception than even eyes to see. You know, but they're actually good companion books. If I would have had this information before, I would have put them together. To tell you the truth right. mm-hmm. very good so let's take a short break and then we'll be right back. okay Hey, everyone. this is your brother Kapow speaking to you. Many of you already know that my beautiful co-host wife and I have authored numerous books together. Two are available in paperback as well as in Kindle download. They are titled. Demons in My Marriage Bed, A True Story of Spiritual Warfare, and Eyes to See Unseen Enemies, Looking at the Neo-Pagan Church. We want to offer to our Kapow Radio listeners a special $2 discount from the retail price of these two paperback books. Demons in My Marriage Bed is only $10.99. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is only $8.99. This is how you can get your discount. Go to fifthhookmedia.com. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K media.com and click on books and then scroll down to select the book you want to get. Copy or write down the discount code for the book you want to buy and click on the linked code to go directly to our CreateSpace website. Paste or type in the discount code at checkout. Voila! $2 off. Additionally, you can go to createspace.com go to the search bar. Use the drop-down menu to the left of the bar to search the store. Type in either title of the book you want. Enter the discount code at checkout. Now the codes are up front on both book pages. You can't miss them. We hope you take advantage of this offer and please write us a review in Amazon. Share this information with others you think may like our material and may our Lord and Savior richly bless all of you. Okay, we're we're back. Once again, I just love that announcer, uh his voice he just uh, he just sounds so professional. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that guy is. I bet he's uh, I bet he's fat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <N-uh. laughs> um,
0: okay. You know, the other day, <laughs> oh my lord, brother Marco sent us this um this video and it was John MacArthur. Ah. Oh. And he was talking about um, the church, his church, and uh, boy, it was like a, you know an hour and a half of heresy. It definitely. was amazing. The video definitely it, it was it, disgusting. Amazing. I mean, I watched it twice. Um, it was torturous. I watched it twice. The video itself was good because the uh, the guy, and I forget his name, um, Husky something, uh, Husky, and some numbers behind it. Uh, was exposing John MacArthur uh, and mm-hmm. you know biblically looking at what he was saying. But anyway, you talk about a Cheez Its. Now Cheez It's comes in all forms. John MacArthur worships the church, the church building, mm-hmm. and boy, he twisted scripture. Oh
1: yes he did.
0: Left out key elements. He made he what he did is he combined the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the Ecclesia the called-out ones, the community, the spiritual community, he combined that with the physical church building. Mm -hmm. And all the promises and everything that went to the physical church, I mean, to the ecclesia, he applied to the physical church building. And really, it was a uh, demonic worship.
1: Yeah, and he replaced Christ with the church the building,
0: the church building. Yes, he did. He actually used the scriptures that replaced Jesus Christ of Nazareth with a church building. So Jesus comes in all forms. You understand? Idolatry is idolatry no matter what. And in his case, and in this particular teaching, quote-unquote, where he actually kind of talks down and berates his audience for an hour and a half to get them to... um, come to church and bring people to church and continue to give see because these buildings are becoming irrelevant especially with the internet uh YouTube podcasting uh there's they're becoming uh there's online you know teaching there's a lot of um good people out there that the Holy Spirit is showing the word of God to and they they have a gift of teaching and they're able to to teach and share this mm-hmm. there's a lot of cooks out there but there's a lot of good Uh, Young men and women out there that are just preaching some heavy duty gospel.
2: Yes, seriously,
0: Mm -hmm. and and they're not. Praise the Lord. Yeah, they're not. They don't have to be slick. They don't have to have a slick production or anything like that. They could just be sitting in their kitchen table sharing the word, but uh, it's right on.
1: Yeah, because see, truth is truth, and it'll speak to those that hear the truth. That you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, and you know this is truth yes it's feeding your spirit your soul
0: yeah yeah it uh your, your spirit bears witness with that mm-hmm. you know if you're listening to something even if you're listening to today and you're going eh, i don't know this sounds a little weird you know check it out you better bury in it and then you, everything has to align with scripture that's right um but you know that's that's our that's our duty but we listened to this this video and because marcos had sent it to us going hey, what's your opinion what do you think of this and it was just wow um I, I just could not believe the lies and this the the twisting of Scripture that was coming out of this man's mouth, John MacArthur. I used to have the MacArthur Study Bible, and I had to get rid of that because, uh, he, well, he does, he's a cessationist. He doesn't believe in the, the gifts of the Spirit Mm-mm. biblically. He Doesn't believe in, in that stuff. And anyway, um, and then we watched a little bit of uh, Joseph Prince. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. It's now you know what's what's. Joseph Prince's Jesus, its um, though I'm sure it's the, the building and everything because he makes a lot of money, but, but his Cheez-Its, it's, it's called grace. Mm-hmm. It's cheap grace. It's very cheap grace. And um, both him and MacArthur kind of ha- had the same theme where you don't need a personal relationship with God.
2: Mm-mm.
0: You know, uh, MacArthur actually said that, that it's not about a personal re- – you can't have a personal relationship with Jesus you have to have it corporately within the church. You know, Joseph Joseph Prince uh, doesn't doesn't care what you do in your your life. He doesn't care what kind of sin you, you commit or what kind of lifestyle, because all he cares about that's he says, grace will take care of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything's already covered. Everything's so, covered. Sin is irrelevant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once saved, always saved. You're good to go. All you have to do is say a little prayer. Belief um there 's no sanctification
2: Mm-mm.
0: there's there 's no walking in holiness there 's no walking in the spirit it 's his grace so his cheese it 's his grace so it's it 's all over the place so don 't think you know they 'll be looking at a mega church or you know um you know one of these popular you know churches on t v or money preachers or you know even Joel. Uh, Rick Warren, those guys, and, and think. Well, I don't, you know, how are, they, how are they preaching another Jesus? They're mentioning Jesus. Think about the Nebuchadnezzar prayer. Mm-hmm. Think about that. What I just—that's why I read that, so they can blow your mind, because all the attributes are there, except it's to a demon god. That's right. So think about that, and you got to ask the question: What, what Jesus? What Jesus is he, are they referring to? Where are they pointing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh is it Jesus Christ of Nazareth? You know, what's what's in the in the language?
1: Yeah, and I was invited to a uh women's retreat and uh this woman that's gonna be the featured speaker, I, I I uh I Googled her to kind of see what she was all about. And the theme for this uh women's treat retreat is on uh, real love in a confused world. Sounds pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you when I uh Googled this woman um, she calls herself a spiritual director and a lot of, and she's written, co-written a book with Dallas Willard who is a, uh, a mystic. And she also teaches um, uh, um, on Madame Jeanine, Jean uh, Guyon, and she's a Catholic or a French mystic. So her teaching is very um, new age. And when you read her uh read on her website, she uses a lot of um, mystic um, vocabulary, New Age vocabulary, and um, so it's no good. She she talks about the practicing the presence of God, enjoying the presence of God. She teaches on contemplative prayer and solitude and silence, studying um, meditation. So she's no good, and this is what uh, is going to go on at this women's retreat. So she's a witch. Yeah, basically. And that's what
0: you that's what you have to do. You have to be so careful because you know, Miss Kapow was invited by a neighbor mm-hmm. and a friend, you know, a very nice lady who goes to um a Baptist church yeah. right here in town. Very nice lady, goes to a Baptist church right here in town. And said, Oh, it'd be so nice, you know, if you can go with me to this and it's, uh, what three days in, in three Zion, days. Zion national park. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, and, um, you can have a day of shopping and it's at the Marriott and it's just really a really nice trip. And, uh, so what could it hurt? In fact, Ms. Kapau could have said, well, maybe the Lord wants me to go yeah. to, to, wit- you know, to, to be a light to these other ladies. Of course, I always say, brother Kapow always says, if you're under that umbrella, Mm -hmm. it's going to change you. You are not going to change up. You're not going to give change from the bottom up. No, Change has to come from the top down. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a church thinking, well, I'm going to change the pastor. I'm going to change these people. Or I'm going to show them the real moving of the spirit. You're going to, you're going to fail Mm -hmm. because you're under their umbrella.
2: That's
0: right. So uh, she could have went and said, well, I'm going to, you know, just minister to my friend and blah, 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 blah. But she would have been exposing herself to witchcraft yeah so what she did is she got the brochures and the brochures just said oh this is a keynote speaker
2: mm-hmm. and
0: gave her name didn't really say oh she's an author of 17 books and she does women's conferences mm. you know you know internationally she's a big week but when miss kapow branded and investigated her found out she's a witch right of prayer yoga you know She's a witch, witchcraft, the occult. And she's the one that's going to be speaking on love. Mm-hmm. You see, what's that thing that uh, you say, Miss Capel? God is love,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but love is not God. That's right. Love is not God. And that's where they get easily deceived. If you will read from the top of page 30, we're going to break mid into this chapter because what I want is to read the urban, I want you to read the urban dictionary of Gnosticism, what we got from there, but just start at the, the top of the page uh, 30. Okay. Where it says the church will be easily deceived.
1: All right. The church will, will be easily deceived in accepting the mark of any antichrist because they have forsaken the words of God contained in the Bible. Many have rejected the Old Testament and its God, Yahweh, creating two gods. They only embrace the New Testament replacing Jesus Christ of Nazareth with their false cheez This new God, cheez is nice, tolerant, all-loving, all-accepting, politically correct, and feels good. The new age cheez saves them once, and they can never lose their salvation no matter how deep in sin and rebellion they fall. They do not know the biblical Jesus Christ of Nazareth as Yahweh in the flesh, they do not accept the fact that there is only one God, existing in both the Old and New Testaments, that can give them eternal life. Because they are willingly ignorant of the Scriptures and have purpos- purposely rejected truth, they are given over to a strong delusion and deception. From the online Urban Dictionary comes a modern definition of Gnosticism mixed with the New Age emerging Christianity of today's churches, ministries, seminaries, and leaders, It is a frightening appeal to depart from solid fond- foundational truth contained in the biblical scriptures, the very essence of the words of God, and instead of re- on relying on experiential knowledge and wisdom from within, what does Gnosticism mean? Plain and simple, it means rebelling against and breaking free of the conformity set forth to us by religious dogma. That same dogma that, for centuries, has instilled unbelievable fear and guilt upon the masses. It means dispelling all the fear-based untruths about God and our eternal souls by bringing reasoning and intelligence into the equation. Gnosticism Gnosticism has been linked to the New Age movement. This so-called New Age movement is not so new. In fact, it is older than time. Gnosticism was around long before the time of Buddha or the time of Jesus, And it came about way before the Old Testament. The whole world believed in it totally and completely. We have had many lives. So who are we? We are Gnostics, not agnostics as Gnostics. We base our path to God on not so much as faith as we do reason. We know that anything that can be asked can and will be answered. We know there are no mysteries. Believing on faith alone is exhausting reason is what we bring you. We know that the reasonable idea is that we keep progressing, that whatever wrongdoings have been done to us, they are ultimately for a reason. Nothing is random or pointless. What you have to realize is that Gnosticism does not care whether you are Lutheran, Catholic, Jewish, Protestant, or Buddhist. Gnosticism is an addition to your existing beliefs, not a replacement for them. The knowledge of Gnosticism is this, to love, not fear God, to get rid of all guilt, to show that through many lifetimes you perfect your soul, then return to the other side. This is the knowledge that will help you progress faster and not have to come back so many times. If you want to, that is fine, but I'm sure most everyone is weary of it or they would not be searching. We are tired of the guilt, of the fear, and of the laboring through life. We know life is hard, but we also know it doesn't mean it cannot be wonderful and free of guilt and fear. That is a true and official definition of Gnosticism.
0: Okay, we'll stop right there. There's a lot of stuff written in there, and you hear that it's love, not fear of God. Mm-hmm. You see? Whereas the Word says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom.
1: Yeah, and it's not faith, it's reason. Yes. And we and the, the Word of God says that without faith, we cannot please God.
0: Yes. So this, this was from the online urban dictionary of what Gnosticism is, and you can see how it's mixed in with this whole New Age thing and even reincarnation and things. And so in order for the, the Jesus worshipers to accept this, you have to be already worshiping a Jesus, a false Christ, to say everything's politically correct. You know, everything's about love. Everything's all embracing. There's no holiness. There's no sanctification anymore. So they're ripe for the deception. That deception, like I said before, is going to be and is. It's already here. Even even though if a Christian, even though a church doesn't say we're worshiping Jesus, they can't say we're worshiping Jesus. A serpent, or else it wouldn't be a Christian type of church. It would so be it, deception. <laughs> it's deception. It's subtle. Exactly. It's subtle. It's not in your face. It's subtle. And so the deception is that. The serpents slash Jesus has replaced Yahweh slash Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Their cheeseits is the one who's died for their sins and has given them eternal life. you see, not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. that's the deception. It's the Gnostic lie thou shalt surely not die
2: right
0: So how do you get around that well to do a full savior okay um real quick Ms. Capow if you can go to page nineteen okay. towards the bottom there there's the text from madame blavatsky's theosophy okay. volume fifty seven number seven written in may nineteen sixty nine these were pages two oh nine through two sixteen and i want miss Capow to read these to you read this uh section to you so you can see what a theosophist has said about gnosticism and what she says about the serpent and um the god yahweh and everything and you'll see it right here that this is nothing new outside of that the churchianity the pagan building the babylonian buildings will then take this even a step further and replace jesus christ of nazareth with a cheese it's a the serpent itself they'll become one and the same whereas for madame blavatsky the serpent was uh was a god the true god and yahweh was uh the subservient mean you know god in opposition churchianity will take the serpent and make it a cheese all right mm-hmm. does that make sense Yep. So if you can uh, read that, and I apologize in advance for some of the um, the words you have to read and yeah, pronounce. because it's nasty. It's, it, well, and it's going to be hard because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so anyway.
1: Okay, here it is. It is in the religious doctrines of the Gnostics that the real meaning of the dragon, the serpent, the goat, and all those symbols of powers, now called evil, can be seen the best. As it is they who divulge the esoteric nature of the Jewish substitute for in their teachings of the true meaning of which the Rabbins concealed it. The Christians, with a few exceptions, knew nothing. Surely Jesus of Nazareth would have hardly advised his apostles to show themselves as wise as the serpent had the latter been a symbol of the evil one.
0: There it is right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Certainly Jesus of Nazareth, this is her words, would, would have, wouldn't would have told the apostles to show themselves as wise as a serpent. Had he been an evil one, see, there it is right there. See, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. But now, now he's going to be actually Jesus of Nazareth to these um, Babylon buildings.
1: Nor would the Ophites, the learned Egyptian Gnostics of the Brotherhood of the Serpent, have referenced a living snake in their ceremonies as the emblem of wisdom, the divine Sophia, and a type of the all-good, not the all-bad, were that reptile so closely connected with Satan. The fact is that even as a common Ophidian, it has ever been a dual symbol. And as a dragon, it had never been anything else than a symbol of the manifested deity in its great wisdom. Madame Blavatsky continues to blaspheme Yahweh with this tirade. The appellation Satan in Hebrew, Satan, an adversary from the verb Shatana, to be adverse, to persecute. Belongs by right to the first and cruelest adversary of all the other gods, Jehovah, not to the serpent which spoke only words of sympathy and wisdom, and is at the worst, even in the dogma, the adversary of men.
0: You get it? So Satan, even at the worst, is nothing but an adversary. But the real, the real evil one here belongs to the cruelest adversary of all other gods, Jehovah,
2: Mm,
0: or Yahweh. See it? Not the serpent. So they've already replaced Yahweh with the serpent. So what churchianity is going to do is then replace Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the cheez
1: All
0: right? Go on.
1: Blavatsky takes her readers back to the original Gnostic lie by stating, this dogma, based as it is on chapter 3 of Genesis, is as illogical and unjust as it is paradoxical. For who was the first to create that original and henceforward universal tempter of man? The woman? Not the serpent, surely, but the Lord God himself, who, saying, it is not good that the man should be alone, made woman and brought her unto the man.
0: Okay, so it's God's fault because he made the woman that was then, you know, tempted by the serpent. It's not the serpent's fault.
1: I need to wash my mouth with soap. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is Madame of Velasquez.
1: If the unpleasant little incident that followed was and is still to be regarded as the original sin, then it exhibits the creator's divine foresight in a poor light indeed. It would have been far better for the first Adam to have been left either male and female or alone.
0: Get it? Male and female? or one. They're transgendered.
1: And see, and that's what we're seeing. That's what I mean, that the spiritual, this is me talking, Ms. capel that the spiritual does manifest in the natural. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we'll continue with Ms. Blavatsky. It is the Lord God, Ev- evidently, who was the real cause of all the mischief, the agent provocateur and the serpent, only a prototype of Azizel, the scapegoat for the sin of the God of Israel the poor Dragos having to pay the penalty for his master's and creator's blunder. This, of course, is addressed only to those who accept the opening events of the drama of humanity in Genesis in their dead-letter sense. Those who read them esoterically are not reduced to the fanciful speculations and hypothesis. They know how to read the symbolism therein contained and cannot err. Blavatsky concludes with this statement, Thus, Satan, once he ceases to be viewed in the superstitious, dogmatic, unphilosophical spirit of the churches, grows into the grandiose image of one who made of terrestrial a divine man, who gave him throughout the long cycle of Maha Kelpa, the law of the spirit of life, and made him free from the sin of ignorance, hence of death.
0: Okay, stop there. Notice this. Notice how Blavatsky equates death with ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right? The serpent gave man throughout the long cycle the mahakalpa, the law of the spirit of life, and made him free from the sin of ignorance, hence of death. That's how she has to get around the lie. Uh, certainly you won't die. And mm-hmm. we all die. She has to make it a death of ignorance. Mm-hmm. You get it? Right. Whereas the church, the the Babylon buildings are going to make this not a sin of ignorance, but the actual salvation of eternal life through the Jesus. Mm-hmm. The wrong Jesus. Exactly. The wrong Jesus. So in these Gnostic lies, the proponents have no way of dealing with the physical and spiritual death of humans. Again, they locked they locked themselves into the original lie of their serpent God who hissed, certainly you will not die. But it lied, and Blavatsky wants her followers to believe that the serpent freed humans from the ignorance of sin and that this equates to being freed from death. Yet the lie still stands strong as humans continue to face death every day. Right? Right. So I think we are going to stop there, Ms. Kapow. Okay. Because I've already r- revealed to everybody what, where this is going. Mm -hmm. About the replacement, the Cheez-Its. Christianity, a blasphemy. It's a blasphemous form of Christianity. When we wrote this in June, or published it in June of 2014, um, the church was apostate, but it hadn't uh, reached this level yet. And within less than two years, it's there. Mm-hmm. it's here. I mean, we listened to John MacArthur. We listened to John Joseph Prince the other day. That's what they're preaching. they re they've replaced Jesus Christ of Nazareth with a Jesus, whether it be a building
1: or whether it be a, of an ideology called grace. That's right. That's why we it, had. People like Rick Warren, uh, uh, Rob Bell with his stupid book, love wins.
0: Yes. It's here. It's here. No, they're not. You're not going to sit in that congregation. Are you are not going to hear Joel Olstein on TV? Say, hey, we're worshiping the serpent in the garden, but philosophically in their heart they've equated that serpent lie, oh, your eyes will be open, you'll become as gods, as embracing that truth. That's their good
1: God. Yeah, because Joel Olstein was said was known to have said Yeah, that he believes that there's one way to God, but there are many paths to Jesus Christ.
0: Yes. Now that's a Jesus. (laughs) There's many paths to their Jesus. And if their Jesus has died for their sins, well, now they have eternal Jesus life. Just like Nebuchadnezzar was praising his God, Marduk, just like if it was Yahweh. (laughs) But did it work? No. He ate grass and hay for seven years. And his hair grew like eagle's feathers, and his fingernails were so long, they were like the claws of a bird. They remind me of uh, Howard Hughes, the last days of Howard Hughes, how how he was. Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar went insane for seven years, seven times. Went insane until he looked up, and he acknowledged that Yahweh was the only true God. That's right, and that He puts on the thrones who He will and takes down who He will when He wants. He is sovereign, not man. God so, is. That's right. All right. So anyway, Christianity and blasphemy available in paperback. Um, I hope this little discussion stimulated, stimulated you. Um, Seven ninety nine. Get it. Pass it on. Share it with others. Um, it's vital because if the eyes aren't open, people's eyes aren't open, they're under that umbrella. They're not going to see it.
1: They aren't going to see it. They're and that's gonna... why, we're. you know, when I have my friend going to this uh, Baptist church and she thinks everything's cool and she's going to go to this um, retreat and sit under this false teacher.
0: Nice lady. Sweet lady. Great neighbor. Sweet but deceived Mm -hmm. sitting under the wrong umbrella. The umbrella of this Baptist church. That's it's not the first time I've seen them do weird stuff. No, it didn't surprise me at all. Mm -mm. We found out who this lady was. How can a pastor, how could the church leadership not do what Ms. Kapow does and do a little Google search on their keynote speaker? How could they not know the books she's written and the new age philosophy and contemplative prayer? Mm -hmm. In yoga, how could they not know that? You know why? They do know that. They don't care. It doesn't matter. They don't see it as a problem. No. Because they're they're no longer biblical. There's no longer a biblical standard. And they're no longer worshiping Yahweh slash Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but worshiping the serpent slash Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's not, it's not, this isn't some future prophecy. It's already here. But we have to recognize it. We have to recognize it. And just because you stay home from church and you're you're, you're watching YouTube or listening to podcasts like this or watching videos or whatever, you still got to be very careful. You got to be careful what what you're hearing. And you got to make sure. A lot lot of false teachers out there. There's a lot of good ones. You got to find the good ones and eschew the false ones. You, You need to recognize it. I think most of you do. But this could only help.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. I just wanted to read something from Psalm 50. Instead of reading the whole uh, chapter, I'm just going to read a few of the verses. It says, But unto the wicked, God says, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou should take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thou hates instruction and cast my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consentest with him and has been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thou mouth to evil, and thy tongue framest deceit. Thou sits and speaks against thy brother, thou slanders thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offers praise glorifies me, and to him that orders his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God.
0: Amen. Amen. Take heed, be awake, be aware, be sober. We live in some very, very perilous crazy spiritually insane times amen amen all right Mr. Powell, let's give him a big chow chow
1: chow